Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 182, John and Wendy Talk to Tommy Diener. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you this evening, John? Wendy, I'm great and really excited that this episode is being brought to us once again, or brought to you once again, <laughs> by our new friends at an old face with, with our pals at Namely. Yes. Thank you, Namely. Excited to be working with them again. They're working right now. Their implementation specialists are working particularly with organizations that are operating with PEOs. If they want to make that transition to an in-house system like a Namely, they're offering some really special things to make that happen. So make sure you check out Namely.com to learn more about that. If you're in that type of PEO relationship and looking to make a change, they are ready to help you out. Definitely check them out. They're fantastic. It's hard to believe, Wendy, we are at, yet again, a chat week. <laughs> Happens more and more frequently, it feels like, but here we go again. I think we're having some fun this week, John. I'm, I'm looking forward, as we're recording this, I don't know what questions that you are putting together for us, but I'm kind of, kind of excited. We're going to call this the potpourri, potpourri. chat. Okay. Back so it smelled really te- good. Well, I was going to say, back <laughs> when I was teaching high school band and people had like shows like The Beatles or West Side Story or Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, in 1993, one of my, actually the school where I student taught did Potpourri 93 was the name of their show. And it was literally (laughs) five different tunes that made no sense together. It was absolutely hysterical. I wish I still had the shirt because yeah, Potpourri 93 is just seal the deal. We've been really fortunate over the last many months as we've crowdsourced questions from Mm -hmm. guests we talked a bit about the fact that there's amazing treasure trove of yes. questions and we'd like to get people's insights. So what this this week's chat is going to be a collection of those questions from previous guests. So there's no, I don't want to say there's no rhyme or reason, <laughs> Wendy, but the rhyme That's or reason potpourri. is that it's it comes from the guests and it is, it's yeah. potpourri. Smell the potpourri. It can be whatever scent you want it to be, but we hope you'll join us and yeah. We're going to put the call out once once again. If you have a topic that you would like to talk about mm-hmm. in a chat, you're willing to step up and co-host. We're ready to uh, talk to you. Always happy to have those conversations. Potpourri 2021 <laughs> is going to be happening, and we hope you'll check it out. Again, if you can't join during the hour, totally cool. Yeah. If you take part after, make sure that you use the hashtag HR Social Please Hour. Do. Wendy, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I get all these weird messages. I don't know, weird, (laughs) but I get replies and they don't have tags. And and they're people that we don't know, that I certainly don't know. And hey, I think it's great that you want to take part, but it's hard to do anything with it if you follow up the next day and there's no context. So use the tags. Use the tags and we will be happy to add you when we put the wakelets together. Definitely. Yeah, reply or... um quote so we know what question you're answering uh, especially if you're later and we're it's outside the normal conversation just makes it easier we're going to pull the curtain back a little bit uh, <laughs> wendy we've had a couple of repeat performances over mm-hmm. the last several years first one was john cates had yep. the, this amazing conversation and i had not upgraded when we were back <laughs> using skype remember that oh uh, my when gosh we were using skype and hadn't upgraded it that didn't happen and then more recently, we were talking to our friend Kayla Monkeo, and it didn't record. Yes. Imagine my shock last week after this amazing <laughs> conversation that we had with Tommy. And I need to, yep. to let people know up front, many of you probably don't know Tommy, and you will get to know her over the next bit of time. And I think you're going to want to connect with her. Yes. This is unique 
to us, Wendy, or a, a special episode from the standpoint we've never had a previous coworker, much less a previous boss on the show. No, we have not. We have not. <laughs> now, Tommy has been mentioned once before. I talked about her way back. For those of you that go back to early on in the in the show's origins, when we recorded Sherm Chicago, yep. and we did our we did our kind of our first Ask Us Anything. Tommy's name came up then. We are both going to work real hard not to get too emotional because uh, I, I'm just incredibly fortunate to have Tommy as a as a mentor and a friend and just an amazing leader to follow in this world of HR. Let's make the introduction and we'll get started. Yes. So excited to um, chat with Tommy again. We had a great conversation. I know this one is going to be just as much fun. Uh, Tommy is the daughter of a Japanese mother and an American father. The ethics of hard work, dedication, and stretching higher were ingrained in her from an early age. She started her career as a receptionist and quickly fell into HR as a technical recruiter at a dot-com startup. She's worked her way up to the C-suite and is now the owner of her own business, Tobu Advisors. She is passionate about HR today as she was when she started, and her favorite part is watching other people succeed and knowing that she may have had a small part in that success. Well, Tommy, welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you here. First question always, what is in your glass? Ah, well, tonight I, I switched it up. I'm, I'm having a glass of wine tonight. Nice. <laughs> Very I nice. was hoping it would be bourbon, but we're all out. So, <laughs> <laughs> not bourbon, not a, not a beer, but but mm-hmm. wine will do. What is it? Uh, it's, what kind of? It's a Chardonnay. You know, something cool and refreshing. It's a little hot outside. I've been in my garden. Needed something a little lighter. <laughs> I know a bit of your story. It's safe to say we don't want to know how to necessarily tell people how long we've known each other, but it's a really long time. I think we decided I first met you, I want to say it was 2001, early 2002 at the latest, worked with you and then for you a bit later. However, you were doing HR maybe a year before that. Like, How exactly did you get your start in HR? Yeah, I wish it was just a year before that. It was actually a little bit longer than that. I had uh, gone to college and gotten my degree in English literature, came out of school, graduated, moved to London, worked for a little bit of time and then came back and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I got a call from a friend of mine from college and she said, I've got a great apartment in San Francisco. You should come move out here and be my roommate. And I got a job as a receptionist for this tiny little startup. It was an IT consulting company. About two months after I started there as the receptionist, the HR recruiter left. And I raised my hand and said, I'd love to try that. And they actually let me. So I started uh, recruiting database administrators and GUI programmers in the height of the dot-com boom. That's how I got my start in HR. And uh, the rest is history. How did you get from there to here? Ah, From there to here. Um, So as a recruiter, you know, I was able to really start building my HR knowledge base. And I found like, wow, I really like this. And I was really surprised because I was like, I'm actually pretty good at this. And I always thought business would be boring and I never wanted to go into business. And, And then I started studying human resources and just found that it was really interesting to me. And I love the intersection of people and business and, you know, how do you make that even more effective? And so I went to work at Transamerica Corporation as an HR generalist. Then I moved to um, Richmond, Virginia. My husband and I met in San Francisco. That was a bit of a culture shock for me. 
I think I cried every day for a year when I moved to Richmond. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I quickly acclimated and Richmond's changed quite a bit since um, I moved here. You know, the culture shock of moving from San Francisco to Richmond back in the late 90s was was pretty significant. It's not as much anymore. And, um, and then I got a gig at Dominion and was really lucky to be able to do a lot of different things there from, um, you know, running a $1.5 billion payroll to, you know, running staffing and diversity to HR information systems. And so was really fortunate to get a lot of different experience. I took a wild leap of faith and uh, left Dominion after working there almost 18 years and was the chief human resources officer for a healthcare company here in town, one of the largest orthopedic practices in the United States. And that was fantastic. And then I started my own business. So it's just been a wild ride. <laughs> so you recently started it uh, during mm-hmm. the pandemic, 2020, I recently, mm-hmm. a year ago. What led you to leave corporate HR and launch your own business? And how did starting during a pandemic affect things? I think a lot of people over the last 18 months have really started reflecting on what they want. And I think that the pandemic has really disrupted a lot of things, but in particular, the field of human resources and the world of employment. I was very successful in being able to navigate that and keeping 1,500 employees employed with no layoffs. And that was really amazing. And I'm super proud of that. At the beginning of the pandemic, my brother-in-law was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, stage four pancreatic cancer, and progressed really quickly. And we lost him um, August 2nd of last year. And I really started to reflect on what is it that I want and what is it that um, is important to me. My husband had always encouraged me to start my own business. And I just decided if I can't do it now, you know, I'm never going to try it. So why not take a bet on myself? If I can make it happen during a pandemic, then I'm sure I can do great things after the pandemic. And so um, if I fail, I could go get another job in another year. And so um, I started my business in November of last year, and it's been great ever since. So really excited about, you know, pursuing my passion of helping to coach and develop other executives and other leaders to greater levels of effectiveness. I I love the idea that if you can make it during a pandemic, you're going to be golden. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure you will be. I've, I've, yeah, that's, that's a great. And, and, and I think John probably knows too, like, I'm not afraid of taking a risk. Um, <laughs> and so it's scary. Um, but at the same time, sometimes you have to step out and um, be at the forefront a little bit for yourself. Tommy, what's the biggest issue your clients are facing as business leaders right now? And in the time that you've been working with them, any surprises with that? And, and how are you addressing those issues? I have kind of two two sets of, I'm going to divide my clients up into two, two categories. One are sort of my executive leaders who are in corporate America. Um, they're in the C-suite. I think a lot of those individuals are really trying to understand what's next for them, is where they are, where they want to be, and are they contributing at their highest level of contribution? work with a lot of small business owners as well. What they're really trying to figure out is how do I continue to scale and grow my business to greater levels of effectiveness, you know, now that we're coming out of a pandemic or now that I've made it through the pandemic, how do I keep that momentum going? How I help them is really trying to unlock what it is that's important to them. You know, what are they passionate about? Where is that intersection of where they're working at their highest purpose? 
and still being able to contribute at great levels with the, within the organizations that they work for, as well as the organizations that they own. You know, it's been really interesting because I think it's causing a lot of leaders to take some time to be really intentional and to create space to think about these things where, you know, a lot of these individuals are very driven and type A. And so slowing down and pausing and taking up space for themselves isn't normal. And so, you know, my job as a coach is to get them to think in that space and to challenge them to think about things differently, to overcome some of their limiting beliefs and to explore other possibilities and options for them. Tommy, as John mentioned, first time we've had a former a former coworker, a former boss of ours on the show, which we are I'm I'm so excited about. What is your favorite memory of working with John? And did this ever cross your mind ever in your wildest dreams that you'd be chatting about him on a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, so many favorite stories about John. <laughs> He's just such a great joy. And when I think of him, I always smile. John always has a story about someone or something, and he knows everybody. So you can't go out into public and not run into somebody that John knows or has a story about. That's, you know, one of my favorite things about him. And we often run into each other at our local um, supermarket um, as we're grocery shopping. So um, that's usually when we get our chance to catch up with one another. You know, those would be some of my favorite stories. If I ever thought we would be on a podcast, well, podcasts did not exist when when John and I knew each other. I'm not old. I keep saying this to myself. <laughs> <laughs> we are but not if- old. We are not old. We'll just keep repeating it. But if they had, I probably would not be surprised to be sitting here right now because he is just such an open, free-spirited, curious person. And I love that he is in this space and really exploring the field of HR at the intersection of people because that's really his love and his passion. And where you see him coming alive is when he's talking to other people. So I love it. So no, I'm not terribly surprised except for I never thought of podcasts before. So... Tommy, we've started crowdsourcing questions like we mentioned that we're going to even use in our chat this weekend. Mandy Johnson asked, if you had a magic wand and could make one wish, what one thing would you do to improve work for everyone? I've been thinking about this question. I would wave my magic wand and give people the attributes of openness and curiosity. I think that a lot of times in the world today, We're not open or curious about other people's perspectives, opinions, viewpoints, lives. And I think that leads to a lot of the conflict and challenges um, that we see in the workplace and, and in our society as a whole. If I could wave a magic wand to make things easier for people at work, I would say I would give them the gift of being open and being curious um, so that they can really explore their relationships with their coworkers and their colleagues. And I think that would create a lot of excitement in the workplace because I think people would uncover possibilities and think about things differently if they had those attributes. Is that something that you've focused on with a lot of the leaders that you work with? Type A is very driven, get all work done at all costs. Mm-hmm. How do you get them to open up or consider those other perspectives? One of the things that I really try to do as an executive coach is not lead with my opinion or not lead with my perspective because my solution to something isn't necessarily going to be your solution to it. 
So my role is to ask you really powerful questions to get you to think about what's happening in your world um, and to challenge you to think about what might be holding you back. They may not be the same things that are holding me back. And so, yes, I do think that being open and being curious um, are really important as an executive coach um, because I should not be judging anybody that I'm working with, but really trying to help them to achieve their own personal effectiveness in their own way and how they might achieve that may not be the way I achieve it, but my job is to help guide them there. Curiosity is one of the core values of my company. I did that intentionally because I think that's, it's so important. With that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This episode of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast is brought to you by Namely. Your HR platform should make your life easier, and that's what Namely does. Namely is the all-in-one HR platform that employees and employers love. Namely is modernizing HR as we know it. Whether you have 50 or even 1,000 employees, Namely is the HR solution that can grow with your company. With Namely's intuitive centralized platform, your employees can request PTO, update their benefits, review their pay stubs. There's even a news feed where they can stay engaged and show appreciation for coworkers. Namely can handle everything related to payroll, simplify onboarding, and keep your company compliant and saving your HR team hours every week. Best of all, Namely's implementation specialists make switching headache-free. You can move from your current HR platform, even a fully outsourced professional employer organization, to a more modern tech solution. To learn more and build a better workplace with Namely, go to Namely.com. For a limited time, get free implementation and PEO transition services when you make the switch from a PEO. Thanks, Namely, for sponsoring this episode of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. Now, back to the show. And we are back. Tommy, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the Half Hour Question Connection. We already know that you fell into HR. We, we didn't set out to be an HR pro. What career did you dream of having when you were a child? I don't really remember dream of having dreaming of having a career when I was a kid. I was really into books and reading, and I just loved to disappear into stories, escape into the different plots and characters. I was always just really, really interested in that. As I got older, I always thought maybe I'd want to be a pastry chef. Oh, do you do any of that on the side or just? I do. I do. (laughs) I cook a lot. I cook and I bake a lot. Um, And so that is something that I really enjoyed doing. Very cool. So when you got that English lit degree, (laughs) which doesn't equate to pastry cooking, was that lit degree? Was that to become either a writer or an editor? Uh, no, <laughs> no, like, like, I mean, I literally graduated for, I thought maybe I might be like some sort of like college professor at some point in time, but, you know, I realized like, you know, I had to have like, I don't know, 12 more years of schooling and that's not what I wanted to do. So no, it was never about writing or editing. Um, I'm a terrible speller. I rely relentlessly on Microsoft Word to help me with my grammar. <laughs> Um, so no, it was neither one of those things, though I am writing a book now. Uh, that's kind of been an interesting process. Awesome. Tommy, who's one person you've gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know? The top people I would say right now, um, Rachel Bowman, she is an executive coach who I partner with a lot and she's, she and I have become very, very close friends throughout the pandemic. I've actually never met her in person. Um, She's really become part of my board of directors and uh, she really specializes in executive women's leadership coaching. And then I would say Colleen McKenna, she is a LinkedIn 
guru about really having how to leverage LinkedIn to really build your personal brand as well as your company brand. And she really does an amazing job in helping small companies and, and individuals really develop that presence. Tommy, how do you maintain balance? Uh, not very well sometimes. <laughs> um, so John knows I'm a, you know, it's that Japanese work ethic in me. Like I am a hard worker and I will sometimes kill myself to get the job done. And I think earlier in my career, I did a lot of that and it was to my detriment because I would burn out and I wouldn't bring my best self to my job after a while. After some career setbacks, I really had to kind of step back and evaluate, you know, what was important to me. And what I recognized was I didn't have any goals that were mine, just mine, that didn't involve work. I started running since run countless, you know, half marathons, you know, three marathons. I've done a triathlon. I coach half marathon training teams. That really helps me just kind of having that outlet to kind of take care of myself from a, a physical and mental space. And then also right now, I'm just learning to find space for other things like my family and making sure that I'm focused on that a lot more because my kids are getting older and they're not going to be around for very much longer. And so, you know, making sure that I have that time with them um, before they leave the nest. Tommy, how do you enjoy giving back to the HR community? Gosh, I try to mentor people. And, you know, keep in touch with my HR friends. If anybody ever has a question that they want to bounce off of me or talk through an issue, I always try to make myself available through my company. I do a lot of blog posts for leaders around personal effectiveness, leadership development, people management. I really try to just make myself available where I can to help people when they need it. What's your favorite movie? So my favorite movies, uh, I have two, uh, Cinema Paradiso. I love Cinema Paradiso. It's a beautiful movie. I end up sobbing at the end of it. No spoiler alerts, but it's just, it's beautiful. It's an Italian movie. I also love Razor's Edge. It's based off of a Somerset Mom book. It's a really beautiful story. What's the first concert you remember attending? Uh, R.E.M. Green tour. <laughs> Shiny happy people. <laughs> so. Love it. Who opened on that tour? Oh, God, who did York? open on that tour? I cannot remember. That's a good question. They never That's toured cool. with uh, B-52s, though, did they? No, I don't think no. it was B-52s. I was going to say Dinosaur Jr., but that it wasn't Dinosaur Jr., oh. um, uh, although I have seen them in concert as well. What was the last show you binge-watched? So since the last time we've chatted, it's something different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a terrible podcast binger as well as a TV show binger. And so um, if you asked me last week what show it was, it would have been Quantico. I'm embarrassed, but I'm going to say it on the podcast. But this week um, I've been uh, binge watching High on the Hog. I don't know if you've seen it. It's a Netflix series. It is probably one of the most beautiful, thought-provoking documentaries that I have seen in a really long time centering around um, Black America and food culture within Black oh. America and kind of tracing that back from, you know, Africa to current day and kind of getting that alignment. It's amazing. Um, and you should really watch it. It's very thoughtful and um, deliberate and 
just it's just a, it's a beautiful celebration. Um, so I think you should watch it if you can. Very cool. I am fairly certain, Tommy, that you are the first guest we've had that took a trip based on a podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> can you share a little bit about that? I know we uh, talked a little bit about it, but I feel <laughs> like I'm I'm supposed to be the one that's been listening to shows for what twelve years, ten or eleven years now. I've never. Well, that's not true. I went to one show, but it was literally up the street. It was not where <laughs> okay, you I'm going to tell this story. It's going to sound a little bougie, but it really isn't. My best friend and I are huge fans of the podcast, My Favorite Murder. You know, SSDGM, right? Stay sexy, don't get murdered. They were touring in the United States, and um, we were looking for their DC shows or somewhere nearby. And they were all booked up. And, well, they're... Other shows were in Amsterdam and Glasgow, Scotland. On a whim, um, we had both probably had a little bit of wine to drink that night. We were texting each other and both of our husbands like, yeah, you should go. So we went to Scotland and saw My Favorite Murder with Karen Kilgour and Georgia Hartstark. It was fantastic. No kids, no husband, girls, <laughs> girls long weekend. It was great. <laughs> I love it. We used our it. points though, so it was very affordable. <laughs> Wendy, as we work on trying to make this international for a show mm -hmm. for us happen, we need to make sure that we find someone that is diehard enough. I know we have some great, we have amazing fans. See who will actually travel we'll with us somewhere. Who, to, who's to, coming to, to follow us? I, you know, I'll tell you, if you're in Glasgow, I'll go again. <laughs> I was gonna, you know, I was gonna say we could probably get a good contingent of, of East Coast folks to to jump on, uh, jump over um, to to make that trip, and if we you know, go somewhere, Glasgow, somewhere easy, easy, I guess, that we may get more people willing to, to show up. So uh, international conference folks, hey, you know, we could bring a bunch of folks from across the pond with us. Tommy, what's a hobby or a thing you really like to do that may surprise people? Well, you know this about me, so I don't know if this is a surprise, but I do sew a lot of my own clothing. And I am now turning into a farmer, um, so I like to garden. <laughs> so I have a fairly big garden and recently um, caught a squirrel in my garden. Um, and I don't know if you've ever watched the movie Ice Age with the little squirrel with the nut running around. And then if you've ever seen those um, big uh, air floaty men at a, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. yeah, so the squirrel was running around and I was that crazy person chasing after <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were oh. going to say you bought one to have out in the yard. No. Yeah. <laughs> Although that's a really good idea. Might have to People might think you're a used car lot, though. If you <laughs> <laughs> that doggone thing was eating my tomatoes. I was so oh. upset. <laughs> well, finally, Tommy, as you know, we're crowdsourcing. So if you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would it be? Ah, so since I've been binge watching High on the Hog, I would be really interested to understand what their comfort food is. Oh, that's a good question. We've started asking people once they ask the question, what is your comfort food? Oh, um, my comfort food. Uh, I've got two comfort foods. I love curry rice, uh, Japanese curry rice. Um, so it's a little different than like, you know, like Indian curry or other curries. And then I really love rice and gravy. Growing up, my mom used to always take us to the cafeteria, the mess hall on base. 
And that would be the only thing I would want to eat is rice with a little bit of gravy on it. And then every Thanksgiving, I always make extra turkey gravy so I can have it with my Japanese white rice. It's a little bit weird, but that is my comfort food. (laughs) I think that's something my 11-year-old would probably get into. Um, It's delicious. (laughs) She loves gravy. She loves white rice. Yeah. I may have Try it this weekend, Wendy. There you go. Uh, maybe this weekend. Um, well, this weekend is barbecue, so uh, I don't know how well the right a little carbs, a little gravy on top. Yeah. Long. <laughs> well, you know, it works with potatoes, so yeah, exactly. why, not, why not rice? <laughs> Tommy, I said we weren't going to get emotional. We're going to try not to. Get emotional, John. I am incredibly appreciative of you for so many reasons. Working with you was one thing. Working for you was an entirely different experience. You gave me my first chance in leadership. You pushed me to look at things very differently and to challenge myself in in a lot of ways. And I've said it before, you're really the first person that made me think about the connector stuff and how I was doing it, but didn't really think about it. It was just kind of in my nature, I guess. I would march through walls for you. Even now, I've told you that before. If the chance came to work with you again, by damn, I'm there because you were absolutely amazing. I want all the people listening to the show to connect with you because I just, I didn't know anybody that looked at big, big picture and what we did before I worked with you. That means a lot. And and so people hear me talk about the hundred thousand foot view and that so often we're just so wrapped up in what we do. We don't get it. And, and thinking about the pieces parts. Thank you. Thank you for, for pushing me. Thank you for giving me that chance to, fall on my face and make mistakes, but do it in a place where I could and then get better and, and not take the slings and arrows. I'm going to cry. The, uh, <laughs> that was like the nicest thing anybody well, has ever said to well, me. I, I, you, oh you, as you know me well enough to know, I don't <laughs> say stuff I don't mean. But I, again, I, I know after this session, we're going to have a lot of our listeners that don't know you're going to want to get connected. Best way to get a hold of you out there, website, everything and anything you want them to know. First off, thank you. You're amazing. I'm super proud of you and Wendy because you guys have done such a great job in this space. And people are crazy if they're not listening to your podcast. It's delightful. And so hopefully they will do more and more of that. And I'm really, really proud of you. You can connect with me at uh, Tommy Diener, T-O-M-M-I-E-D-E-A-N-E-R on LinkedIn. Um, And then you can also find me um, online at Tobu Advisors, T-O-B-U Advisors.com. We'll have that in the show notes. And then, Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to find you out there? Uh, Best way is on my blog, MyDailyJourney.com. Daily D is in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. Y'all should know how to spell it by now. Uh, you'll also find me on Twitter the second and fourth Sunday of each month as we have our twice-monthly Twitter chat at 7 p.m. Eastern time. How about you, John? First off, thanks again to Namely for sponsoring this Thank episode you, and the entire month of August. We really do appreciate it. Yep. Namely.com to learn more about them. And as for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman. And for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share. Follow whatever platform, wherever you are, just hit that follow button and you'll get that new episode each week. International listeners, we want to talk. As we keep saying, it's easier (laughs) for you to get a hold of us instead of us trying to get a hold of you. We just had recently just had on Mandy Johnson from Australia. So she was in the future when we talked to her. It was awesome. We we would be happy to talk to you. Future, past, wherever you are, let's talk. Tommy, really appreciate being with us today. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. 
And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.